0: Authority Issues, a podcast about leadership, management, and recruitment for the Screaming Harpies of Tolerance Local Division. (laughs) I'm Rachel Perkins, aka Pi or Pi Bob. I'm into words, operations, cheese, and whiskey, and of course, leadership.
1: And I'm Kendall Miller. Why eavesdrop? Take an audio recording, it will last longer.
0: Today on the show, we're talking with Lisa Smith, engineering manager at Spreedly. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for coming on the show. And as always, we're just gonna dive right in. Please do tell us all about how you came to be where you are today. What's your path to leadership?
2: Um, I have what could be cheerfully described as a non-linear career path. Uh, (laughs) I've never heard those before. (laughs) (laughs) I was in my misspent youth, a librarian. Uh, I have a master's in library and information science and I was the lowest paid librarian in the state of North Carolina. Document wow. Lovely, you remember know, the the green and white zebra striped printout paper. They because I was a state employee, they had to print it out and keep it on record. So I was immortalized thusly.
0: You are like <laughs> high fives. <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs>
1: and I, I want to. I'm going to predict before you get into it that this led to database architecture because it's a directly translatable skill, and that's how you got into tech. But that that's just my that's my guess. But continue.
2: Wrong. <laughs> oh, <wah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, no I so when I was uh, in library school uh, library science was the only accredited degree that you could get at the time which will belie my age somewhat um, so I took all the IS coursework but I, I I got an accredited library science degree and I was a cataloger which oh, is wow. the nerdiest kind of librarian I basically told awesome. them to live on the shelf um, and everybody that met me when they found out I was a librarian was like really and after a while i began <laughs> to i began to suspect there was a type mismatch between me and my uh, <laughs> um, is that
1: is that a compliment or was that an insult how did, how did you take that when um, people were shocked
2: i don't know because also like the librarians that met me when they found out i was a catalog librarian they were like really so it was much <laughs> of like oh, a betrayed thing. by your own people exactly yeah,
1: you're just the you're not just not supposed to be a librarian you're the wrong kind of librarian right? Exactly. Uh, even so, on the inside wow
2: I had a personnel appraisal where um the crux of it was that I had a big personality and this was not prized in academic librarianship and so <laughs> I was like well are we gonna talk about like what I actually do here or you're just gonna like tell me that you don't think I'm cool anyway you're not um, our type yeah, it, it, well, and that was really it. she was like you should be more like nameless librarian from the next floor up and I was like I don't think that's the right way to handle this and that was really where I started to begin to mm. um slightly be interested in management and how to do it wrong <laughs> um, I, I observed lots of that so um so yeah so I was a librarian for a long time in all different kinds of libraries including the uh smallest public library in the state of North Carolina, 1,500 square feet. Um, and, and then I was a trailing spouse. And so we moved to South Carolina and I was looking for something I could do overnight. And uh, I, I got a job at a local newspaper that was an experiment. And I was the overnight news inserter. And so I would take the PDFs after they were laid out and I would cut them up into individual JPEGs and put those online oh as the God. online edition of the newspaper. So it was so good. Yeah, that is that is
0: way better than working at the gas station. But like, what, 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 so why did you need an overnight job? Were you not being a librarian? You were being a librarian during the day, or?
2: So no, I so I had kids at this point, oh, and we okay. moved, we moved to a place where I didn't know anybody or anything, and uh, it was it was I was like I should be working at least doing something. So I was also helping um, the residents of Hilton Head Island with their computers. And those folks are are vo- both um, old and wealthy. And so they would have the latest technology, but not know how to use it. So <laughs> I would spend time with them. Um, Aspirational
1: think, goals, right? Exactly, here. right?
2: Um, I was mostly like a stand-in child or grandchild for them. So um, a lot of it was just talking to them, um, but some of it was, uh, one of my best clients called me up one day and said, I need my CD-ROM drive replaced. And I was like, okay, we can certainly do that. And I went over to find that basically what it was is he had every piece of spyware available on the market at the time, and the machine was just seizing up <laughs> because everything was trying to get on the internet at the same time. So Classic story. His uh, CD-ROM drive was fine. So I spent hours cleaning it up and getting rid of like all of the, you know, the, do you remember the old Punch the Monkey oh, banner yeah. ads? It was mostly-
0: yeah yeah. so they were paying you to do this like
2: by the hour to come come over and do this they were they were paying me like a princely sum and then also giving me like televisions and random other bits of technology that they had they thought were obsolete in their house but were very welcome in mine so Uh
0: (laughs) yeah wow and and then also at night you were doing like uh web point oh three web dev
2: (laughs) it was it was so funny, and honestly, like the my colleagues didn't even realize I worked there for a very long time because I was like, unless there was a uh, like a late story or there were um, issues with layout or whatever, there really weren't many other people around the newsroom. So I would sort of sneak in under cover of dark and do the thing and then leave. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then the person who was their online manager um, left, and so I became the online manager. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, prior to this, I had spent a lot of time being a librarian. And um, in the middle there, uh, the university had taken a chance on me, the Alumni Association, and made me their online coordinator. So I, um, I spent time. Uh, my web server was in a closet across from my desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I laid out tables and uh, made pretty pages with rudimentary CSS oh, yeah. and also active server pages, original edition. Um, and so I spent a number of years doing that. Like That I was, was the
1: only edition. <laughs> <I was laughs> exactly. <the laughs>
2: <favorite television. laughs> Sorry, keep going. Original flavor. Um, and so, you know, when I got down there, they were like, do you have any like experience with the web? And I was like, yeah, I, I did this thing and I was the online coordinator. And they're like, that's exactly what we're looking for. And I was like, okay, well, sure, I'll do that job. Um, so I became the online coordinator for this experimental newspaper. Um, it was free, tabloid, full color, delivered to the entire uh, Metro. You can hear the finger quotes around Metro. It was uh, the Bluffton, Bluffton today. Whoa, Bluffton is, <laughs> Bluffton is notable because it's the place where you get your beach chairs and towels before you head over the bridge to Hilton Head. Ah. And that's pretty much it. So um, we were, And we they were, had
1: the need for a, a, a full fledged tabloid, local uh, tabloid. Hyper
2: local. This was hyper local journalism was that was the trend at the time. And so we were doing wow. the thing. And in addition to this, we had an online, Community, and so I was administering the online community, mm-hmm. and um, my boss at the time was a young uh, woman who was um, uh, very religious uh-huh. and very sheltered.
0: And oh so we had a
2: group. We had a group of online folks. That our managing editor referred to as the circle jerks because one would start and the rest of them would follow on and they were horrible people. Of course. And so she was like, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, never Google it. Do not look I'm this up. Pop- don't use it <laughs> in conversation. Was there Google at the it. time? Like, was this still altavista time? There, there, don't Altivist <laughs> it. Yeah, don't Altivist it. Don't, don't put it into uh, Ask Jeeves. It's going to not, it's not going to go well. So. <laughs> So that was, I tried to keep her as sheltered as I could, and then she left, and so I was it. I was the entire online department. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did some really fun things like we would have an online poll about uh, in a movie genre, and people would submit the movies they wanted to see, and then we would get the local theater to show them on like a Monday night when there wasn't anything else going on. Mm. So that was super fun. Yeah. Did and- you have
1: your own local paparazzi?
2: Uh, we, so we had this, this, um, feature that was built into all of the newspapers in our, um, group called spotted where basically if you were out and about, you would take a picture of the thing and you would send it into us. And it was like early Instagram basically. <laughs> uh, and so we were like crowdsourcing photographers to basically capture events for us that we, cause we only had one photographer wow, way
0: ahead of the and curve so there.
2: Wow. It, it was We were doing some really fun things and we were like so close to profitability, which was the goal. And they, we had, we were supposed to have another year and then they shut us down because the parent company had made some choices. Uh, hmm. (laughs) I I want to
1: ask questions, but it sounds like you're being cagey on purpose.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, it's it's a family owned newspaper and I would rather not have them come after me, but Uh, anybody that knows knows what I'm talking about. So um, it was, yeah, it was a uh, it was an interesting strategy because the papers were all over the country, very disparate regions like Alaska and Oklahoma and Florida and uh, and Texas, and so we were spread out all over the place. And um, they were unified by where the family liked to do their hobbies. It was basically they would buy a newspaper whenever they showed up at a place, and so <laughs> that's what brought us all together. Wow. Yeah that, that was, is
0: awesome so, wait, so each of it these places fun. had a uh, a hyper local online newspaper i'm not
2: sure how i so right so we were the first ones and there were, we were supposed to be the model and so other locals basically we were anchored by a big daily mm-hmm. um in our case it was the savannah morning news was where the printing happened so there wasn't just like we didn't just spring up out of nowhere um but the people would subscribe to the savannah morning news um but everybody got bluffed in today regardless and so the other communities were going to follow behind us. We were the model, and they were all excited. We went down to Fort Worth and taught for a week. The Texas Press Association had us in for uh, how to do hyperlocal journalism, oh. and everybody was very excited. And then, and then they shut Aww. us down. So
1: <laughs> step one don't don't care about profitability. Exactly. Step right. two.
2: Step two. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, we we were we were close there. So. Um, then I went to work for the school district um, and did a lot of surveying about uh, what their new website should be, except for they had already signed a contract with a company that had never built a school website before out of Florida, and uh, that went really badly. Um, and then I, um, I, moved, I moved back to North Carolina and was part of the most, um, oh gosh, dysfunctional. I was on a really great tight team. I was a UI engineer um there were four of us and we just instantly meshed and it was great our our team lead was a wonderful guy um but it was part of the most dysfunctional organization that i've ever been a party to um and our job was to push together two different um medicaid information management systems from across the country and then skin the whole thing like it was Sounds
0: like my idea of hell that's just it was in fact
2: it was it was really bad and so we all like at various points escaped. Um, I went to be a webmaster for a hospital, um, and then I got my very first job writing PHP without ever having written PHP (laughs) professionally before. Of course. Um, I talked my way into that one. Um, And so I did agency work for a really long time, uh, five or six years um, of just cranking out websites as fast as possible. Um, And then I moved to a place where um, it was an uh, e-commerce, custom printed fabric on demand concern. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which was super fun. Um, and then, uh, in the, in the midst of all that, I started up our local chapter of women who code. Um, I had gone to the website and was like, why don't we have a local chapter? And they said, Oh, you should start one. So I did. Of Um, and it was basically so that I could have friends, um, (laughs) you know, being, being the only, I was always the only woman wherever I worked and that's kind of isolating. So, um, I just manufactured my own friends situation where we could hang out. Um, my did it,
1: did it work as planned?
2: Absolutely. Our programming strategy is largely around brunch, uh, which is great because everybody wants to eat. So once a month we have brunch. Um, I move it all over town to annoy everyone equally because we have a fairly disparate geographic area here. Um, and so uh, it's been it's been really really rewarding to make connections for people and be there and offer them that hand that I didn't have when I was coming up. Um, I've been doing this since before there was a Google, so uh, that's a long mm-hmm. time. Um, and so that's been very, like, rewarding and offered me some leadership experience. Um, we're at about, uh, we're just north of 1,000 members now, um, wow. which wow. is which is super fun. I mean, we average, you know, um, 20 to 40 people at each individual event, but um, we have a, a pretty good uh repeat business as well as newcomers and uh you know brunch brings everybody together so um, that's super fun um and so uh i had been introduced to spreetly um because they were one of our first location sponsors for women who code so i came over for a tour and i was really impressed with the company and i was like hey um if you have a custodian position open up or whatever just call me because i'd really like to work here um and so apparently that kicked off a multi-year sort of stealth recruiting of me that i wasn't aware of (laughs) which was it was it was more than a year um it was great um but i would come to like we have a and a community co-working day where we just open up the doors and anybody that wants to come and hang out can come work here and eat pizza Also, we have a very strong in-office snack game, which is legendary. So people come and eat snacks and and work. And so I came to a couple of those, and so I met a bunch of the staff. And uh, then one day, the person who would become my boss called me up and said, hey, we've got some openings in engineering. Are you interested? And I said, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come work for Spreadly. And he's like, in particular, we have an engineering management position. And I was like, okay, well, you see on my resume that I've never done that before. And he was like, yeah, what we'd like to do is take somebody with leadership experience and turn them into a manager. Are you interested? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? That seems fun. So, uh, and here I am, I'm a manager. I've been doing it for uh, nearly a year now. Um, I have uh, two teams that report to me. Um, one we uh, is uh, product focused and the other one is uh, the support engineering team. And uh, I... I really like doing what I do. Um, My job here is primarily to help people be their very best while they're at Spreedly. And whatever I can do to support them is is my job one. And uh, I I, I talk a lot and I write a lot and I have a lot of meetings is basically what I do now. (laughs) Um, I don't write code anymore, but that's fine.
1: So that's how you got to where you are today. You're in engineering management after this big windy road. Yes. And how's it gone? It's been a little over a year, you said?
2: Yeah, it's been almost a year. Um, It'll be a year, um, gosh, in a couple of weeks. Um, I have had a wonderful time. I spend a lot of time um, worrying that I am not enough, but I think that's sort of um, a constant in my life as both (laughs) an engineer and a manager, so that's nothing new. Um, but it, you know, it is. I think I have an advantage because I, um, I bring a fresh perspective to it, um, and so I basically just ask questions all the time, um, and and do my best to learn. I read a lot. Um, I'm, uh, I've, I've got a very large stack on the side of my bed, but I'm act-
0: former librarian. I, know,
2: I am actively reading them, although we do joke about that, like, oh no, that one's not on my shelf yet. I need to buy it. So. <laughs>
0: Do you have anything that you would recommend uh, right now? I, was, I mean, I always ask, you know, if you've been brought into a management position and you haven't had any formal training th- and this company is committed to like you know, giving you that kind of background, are they sending you to classes? Are they recommending books or is this something you're doing on your own?
2: Um, I would say a little bit of both. Um, we went to um, lead dev last year as a team, all the management team. We went to the one in Austin. And it was, uh, we had a one-day workshop with Laura Hogan, mm. and that was wonderful. Um, at the outset, she was like, okay, there's going to be, um, you know, an, an in-person face-to-face interaction every seven minutes throughout the course of the day. And I saw the rest of my team, like, <gasps> wilt, because they're all introverts. Oh and my not, God. I was like, that, that, and that sounds slightly like a lot for me, um, but we all made it through the day, um, it was great. And that was a great ble- of like talking her talking and us working things out like role-playing and it was very like um it stuck with me there's a lot of really good content there and i got it which was great did
1: did she have like a pomodoro timer where she was actually like you know checking every seven minutes to make you stop and do a thing
2: well, she would definitely had every segment timed. It was like, okay, now it's time for this. And then we would we would do our bit. And it was like, okay, now it's time to come back together. So like we were not off schedule. We covered everything on the agenda. It was very well run, which also was a new thing for me. I'm used to like maybe <laughs> rambling library conferences where like you get to half the stuff. And it's like, ah, yeah, that was the agenda. It's oh fine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and then we went to lead dev the next day. Um, and that was also just a really great, well-run program and it was a combination of both management stuff as well as technology things and it was a really good blend it was a single track everybody in one room the whole day and uh i had never been to a conference like that before either and so the two days combined were a really great introduction i had been in the job about i guess three or four months when we did that good timing yeah yeah it was really good timing and um I just got her book, which is basically the session that I went to. So now I have it all written down, and I can carry it around with me. And I do.
0: What was your um, favorite thing that you learned that weekend, or that that two oh, day
2: period? Um, so we ha- we did some some great role playing about uh, having uh, difficult conversations, and the role playing partners that I had were wonderful. Like they pushed back hard, <laughs> and it was it was so great because I was like, oh. I had not even considered that as a response, like, you know, cause you rehearse it in your head and you're like, okay, I've got all the words. And so I said all the words and they were like, well, what about this? And I'm like, so oh. awkward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, okay, but I made it through this. And it was, it was really wonderful to know that like, I could have that conversation, even if things weren't going swimmingly, mm-hmm. I didn't panic. I, you know, I did plenty of like, yep, absolutely, I hear you on that, but here's the real issue that we need to talk about, you know, redirecting and being able to, like, do that in a way that was, um, you know, not uh, aggressive or, um, you know, making that the other person feel acknowledged while still getting across the point that I needed to make. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah.
1: Did you, did this just in general give you confidence for difficult conversations or have you ever actually uh, ended up in one of the conversations that you had particularly rehearsed?
2: Well, so the one that I brought up was a scenario that I had, I had been part of, but it wasn't like a face-to-face conversation. It was over Slack and it had gone horribly. Like the other person was like, just completely like withdrew, felt attacked. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant at all. And so like, I was like, okay, if I have this chance to do this over again, or how, how would I like, you know, do this in real life where I was talking to this person with faces, which is what I should have done in the first place. But uh, so I, I worked through it with them and I, I saw the places where like it felt bad from the other side that I hadn't been considering, like clearly I thought I was coming from a place of good intention and, you know, this was just a communication issue that we needed to resolve. And, um, I absolutely understood after working it out with them where it felt not like that from the other side. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. gave me a little insight and like, um, also, I, like I said, I tend to have this, I, I don't have those hard conversations on Slack ever at all, ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Unless know. With, Sometimes it's, it's like, best yeah. to
0: remove the emotional content from those things. But I, I completely agree that you miss a lot of context.
2: And I think sure. that's it, too. Like, well, that's what I was trying to do was take the emotion out of it. Mm-hmm. And it backfired. And so I don't know if there's a universal solution. Yeah, yeah. And like this person was also going through a lot. And I was trying to be respectful of that. was like, I know that you don't have a lot of time. But here's a thing that's been happening. It's a repeated pattern. And Um, here are the effects of it. So like I had all the pieces Mm -hmm. of like, here's the thing that you did. Here's how I felt. Here's how other people felt. Here was the impact. Um, but yeah, um, working it out with them made it, made me feel like a lot more confident to do those. Cause I was like, oh God, this one went terribly. I can't do this ever again. And, (laughs) and so being able to, to have it render successfully and be able to go through it without, you know, too much, um, like I, I didn't want to crawl in a hole afterwards, and I didn't want to not talk to other humans ever again, and so I got packed <laughs> um, So the little, the, the little wins, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, what's a uh, what's a leadership issue you're dealing with or thinking about right now?
2: Oh, uh, change management. Um, we are uh, you know uh, uh, in the growth phase of the startup game. We've been around for about ten years, but we are roughly doubling in size this year. And so that brings with it a lot of like culture shift, and also just a ton more humans, and you know, space issues, and reconfiguration, and we went, we moved into a new org structure at the beginning of the year, and so, you know, making sure that that's actually working rather than just saying, oh, we did it and we're done. Um, so keeping people as informed as possible, while keeping panic down, while making sure that you know, we're making smart choices and not just reacting to situations that are currently happening. Mm -hmm. Plus, also, I'm um, helming a very visible, high pressure project right now with a very strict regulatory deadline that everyone is looking at. So it's like, how to keep my team members calm and productive while everyone is like, I described it the other day is like they're balancing with one foot on a ball, juggling flaming knives, being pelted by things by their bystanders and they're managing not to burn or cut anyone, which I admire greatly. They are just, they're crushing it. And so my job is to try to like be the heat shield for them um, and to help them, you know, uh, continue to do their work and not suffer the slings and arrows of anyone around them. Plus also, a few you know um changes in priority that that sort of um caught us off a little bit off guard so accommodating for that so it's just been the whole like basically change change we all know yeah that that
1: yeah change (laughs) is the only constant
2: (laughs) right exactly exactly (laughs) and so you like i try to lead with that like and and everybody like for the most part is comfortable with that you know Somebody said, "Well, oh, they need to be able to pivot," and I was like, "Baby, they're they're prima ballerinas right now. They are pivoting like I can't even tell you. So it's not that. It's just that like maybe the the uh, the frequency that they're pivoting could maybe not be so much. If we could just take that down by like half, that would be great." So
0: can yeah. you um, can you give some but, tips for keeping the team calm under those situations? What are you doing um, specifically?
2: So- So specifically, we're having like, I have uh, weekly one on ones with every member of the team just to like temperature check and make sure everybody's on track and they understand both what they what they hope to accomplish and what they are accomplishing and making sure that we're in line with that, because keeping everybody on task and keeping them focused on what their end goal is, has been very helpful. Like, yeah, yeah, I know all this other stuff is going on, but look, you are crushing this right over here. You did this through these three things, like in half the time we thought you were going to, so now that gives you a little breathing room. So, you know, take the time that you need to take, but also making sure that they maintain a healthy work-life balance. Like, we are not saving lives here, so take the time you need to take. This will still be here when you get back. <laughs> my like, version of that you is you no do. little kids are going to die. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. No, no small cute puppies will be harmed. It's all good. Like everything is fine here. Yeah. And so just keeping that like calm, soothing. Like my my job, I'm on a, a, a rowing team, a women's rowing team. And my job when I am the coxswain is basically to be like, just listen to my voice. Everything is fine. Like I'm not the racing coxswain. I'm the like long distance, mm-hmm. and there's a hundred other people on the lake. So like, don't worry about the other boats. The
0: rowing I is a meditation.
2: <laughs> that's exactly right. Just focus on me. get the stroke in front of you. Everything is fine. That's so, great. I want so that, be on I your talked
1: team. to a uh, yeah. That's right. I wanna I wanna row and meditate at the same time. <laughs> there's um, I did talk to a, a couple of guys who worked on something that was like I want to say it was like you know, the 911 systems or something Mm -hmm. like that for, for Colorado. I can't remember who it was, but, or what the context was, but it was one of these situations where I was like, wow, if you mess up, people actually do die. And they're like, yeah. And it's terrifying. And I was like, Oh my goodness, just going from that to a situation where people, don't mm. die as a result of your mistakes or needing time to take care of yourself has got to be tremendously calming.
2: Yes, um, absolutely. Like my my brother used to work for. He he wrote the push application for transplant surgeons to know when they got their organs. So again, wow. like literally saving lives. And I'm like, I'm building cheese websites. No, like, UDP you know, there. <laughs> no, this no is right. <laughs> exactly. So you know.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Well. That- <laughs> That's, I mean, this is amazing, Lisa. So, what's, I mean, just talk about yourself as a leader. How do you see yourself as a leader? What do you think you're, 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 you're it's, it's only been a little while now, but like, what are you good at in this that you're su- maybe even surprised at? Or, and what are, what's more difficult for you than you maybe thought would be uh the case? Like, as, as you just sort of evaluate yourself really awkwardly, uh, while I put you on the spot, right
2: here live, way to, sure, live. to right here, it. Live. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, I think what I'm what I'm really good at is um, advocating for my team, making sure that um, that they are getting what they need and that their um, contributions are visible because we're moving so quickly especially with this regulatory um, deadline that it can be easy to like forget what we've already done and how much we've already accomplished because the next thing isn't yet done so making sure that they're visible that they're um, getting the the time and attention that they need and that um, everybody can see how important the work is that they're doing to the overall project Um, And I think that's been um, I guess maybe that's something I've always done um, and just getting to do it in a a meaningful uh, setting has been really rewarding for me. Like I get a lot out of being able to um, know that my my folks are taken care of, that they have what they need and that uh, their work is having such a huge impact on the whole um, project. Mm -hmm. Um, What I'm less good at is. I have trouble editing my face on, <laughs> like, on like on like video. Yeah, like when we're in yeah. a video, meeting, if somebody says something, I'm like, like one of my one of my peer managers uh DM'd me is like, uh, you don't want to be in this meeting. I'm like hundred percent no, because this is a lot of hot <laughs> nonsense. But uh, I don't I don't I'm not good at that at all. Um and so my my uh, I did get a um a more like a marginally tone policing type uh commentary from my direct boss and i was like i know i know but he was saying and he was like i know he was saying the wrong thing and it was not cool but like I like yeah <laughs> well, at least I, he's
0: not telling you to be like a more like a librarian
2: exactly <laughs> right. so I have, a lot of, exactly, I have a lot of sensitivity to be like be like more like somebody else so he didn't go there which was fine but he was like you know i know we're all on fire right now but we got to be cool and i'm like i'm trying to be cool but, <laughs> could
0: you for once yeah. be cool
2: yeah yeah <laughs> he just, he it'd be a lot
1: easier to be cool if you all were just cooler that's
2: exactly right maybe don't be jerks and i'll be honest but it's true having
0: having that level of control over your facial expression is useful Mm -hmm. in a role like yours
2: (laughs) right exactly i'm like you want to play poker with me because you're going to know like I am absolutely like and that's but that's how I kind of that's how I roll just on the reg like I am just I'm very transparent I am who I am I'm not a real I'm not great at at putting on a a front or a face and so I think I think my team really relates to that like I'm going to give it to them straight I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna betray any confidences, but I'm also not going to like, yeah, no, this is what's happening and September 14th is the deadline and there's nothing we can do uh-huh. about it. So let's just get but to it. Sounds it sounds like, like the the part thing. that
0: you were talking about before, the part where you're, you know, you're not just uh, representing your team, but you, you seem to enjoy the being the hype person for your team and, and the, having that, having that, uh, I wouldn't call it necessarily weakness, but the, 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 your face shows everything that you're actually feeling like that means they can trust you and, you say they're doing amazing, sweetie.
2: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely right, and that's that's you know like and that's the thing that I try to get across to them. Like one of my pe- I had, I had just we'd had a, a day where it was everything was on fire, and so at the end of the day, I just you know popped into our, our squad channel and I was like, "Y'all are are awesome, and uh, this was a great day." And you know, go home and. Do not do do not this. Basically, don't think about this. And tomorrow we'll, we'll get back at it. And so one of my peer managers, we were having a one on one later. And he was like, I saw that you told your team that they were awesome. But do you tell them specifically why they're awesome? I'm like, yeah, all the time. Like that was just you you were just doing a drive by in my squad channel. So maybe don't like, you know, don't be nosy. <laughs> oh, thanks so, like, for management uh, yeah, splaining you know, jerk face. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Like, you know, yes. in our one-on-ones and our squad meetings, we talk about like the specifics of the, the awesomeness um, all the time. But I think they know that also, you know, I've got um, both their best interest at heart, as well as like, you know, making sure that the team is, is staying healthy and sane. So
1: Well, it's, it's a form of, you know, your your inability to hide what you're really thinking with, with your face too is a form of uh oversharing and and I'm a significant (laughs) oversharer. and the way that I justify it to myself is it builds trust, you know, like people know they can come to me and I'm not going to bullshit them. And
0: uh,
1: if somebody comes to you and says, am I doing a terrible job? And you say, no, they're going to tell by your face (laughs) that uh, you're serious or not. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to, I want to turn this around a little bit. Uh, You know, this is, we're talking about relationships and trust here. Um, as you have you know been in these leadership roles and now you're actually managing people um, what do you feel like your relationship with authority is like how do you feel about having authority over other people and how do you feel about people having authority over you
2: mm, that is an excellent question um i definitely um i definitely view the authority over me in, in a different light like I was just, I was just reading um, managing humans and it was like, you know, you don't really know what your manager does mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. And I don't think I had insight into what, you know, it was like, oh, management, you just can't get past them or whatever. They're, they're, they're never doing anything and what's their problem. Um, and so it was easy to toss that off when I didn't realize the breadth of responsibilities and all the different directions you have to look and keep focus on. Um, and so I have a I have a very different perspective on people who've previously managed me. That's not to say that I have not taken away lessons about how not to manage. I have a really great repertoire of things not mm-hmm. to do. Um, but also being in charge of other people is a little weird for me, but I guess I, I in high school, I was the drum major, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and, you know, I was always, I was like the online community. So I was like the shepherd for this whole flock of online sheep. And so I guess I have, naturally gravitated toward those roles um, kind of consistently, and I didn't really realize it. So now I'm like directly responsible for people's um, livelihood. That's a little bit like it's a little more responsibility mm-hmm. in terms of making sure that, um, you know, they're, they, they get what they need and that they, they hear that they, that I'm there for them, you know, that they have an advocate and a voice because it's, it's easy to feel like there's all these layers of management and you can't get through them. And I'm like, Nope, I'm here for you for that. That's what I do is I, yeah. I clear out that noise and I, 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 I have that voice for you. And you ask me a question and that, that's how I do this. Like if I'm asked a question, I like, I get the answer and I follow up as quickly as possible because that shows that I'm there doing the thing for them. And that takes precedence over anything else. Like this report can wait. Like this is a question that needs answering now, and I'm going to take care of that. Um, so that's that. The responsiveness part of it is, I think, key um, to being in authority over other people because you know you you do control um, a vast swath of yeah. their lives in a pretty significant way, and I don't take that lightly. It's a huge so, responsibility. Um, Definitely. Yeah, well, yeah it really is.
1: It's something of the difference, too, between uh, leadership and management in in that, you know, when when you're a leader in life or, uh, you know, even on a a rowing team, if it's like a volunteer kind of thing, like people come out because they want to be there. People follow you because you're, you know, naturally leading. Right. But when you're in a management position. You have significant power over this person more than just they want to be there because they like you or they follow you or whatever. And uh, and the decisions that you make, how well you communicate or don't communicate, or you know uh, those things have a dramatic impact on the people's lives rather than just they found you fascinating and wanted to follow you or, you know, whatever. Your tweets are the
0: best. Um, Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Right, right. I mean, there's a way to be a leader and not be a manager. And there's also a way to be a manager and be a terrible leader. right? So it's 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 interesting that uh, I feel like you're kind of pointing. So you've you've
0: been you know, you've you've had kind of leadership tendencies, it sounds like your whole life. Um, And and now you've been handed some tools and some training and some different kinds of experiences with uh, leadership and management have you found that that has affected your personal life um, and how you transact your relationships with other people uh, and would you say it's positive or negative if so
2: oh um I think definitely I um, I definitely approach uh, transactional interactions in a much different light mm-hmm. now whereas um, I, I I now have, What I might call infinite (laughs) patience for the person on the other side of the transaction because they're just doing their best. And um, instilling that in my children has been one of my proudest, I think, mothering moments as well. But, like, you know what? You don't know what's going on with that other person. So, if they're not, you know, uh, if they're not immediately right there with you that second, that's, you know, you have no idea why that is and you can't make any judgments and you have no place to, to, to think anything other than they might be having a bad day. And that's, that's really it. And so being able to um, see the other people on the other sides of of the interactions and have more of that empathy about what they might be going through before, you know, yeah, we have to do this thing because this is what we're here to do, but, you know, tell me about you and what's going on with you and make sure that, that that's okay first and then we can move on from there. So um, being more um, involved and in tune with what they're bringing to the table on a daily basis, I think helps me understand too like, yeah, um, this is not a great time for this to be happening and I understand that and I know you've got these other things going on. So what can we do to balance this for you? Um, And making sure, because then that person is gonna, they're gonna give their all Um, and, and it might not be everything that they could give on every day, but like for right now, they're going to give everything they can because they know that, um, it's not a constant situation and that I've got their back for when, um, it, it needs, you know, when, when bad things are going on outside. So I try to just, I have way more, um, empathy and a broader view of like, again, we're not saving lives. So let's put this all into perspective and, you know my my small child came to me one day and she was like, I'm always wrong. And I was like, always really, is that really the right word? And she was like, she was like in, in this house. Cause you know, my, uh, she has her, her father's house too. She was like in this house, I'm always wrong. And I'm like, really is that accurate too and she's like well today and I was like yes today you were wrong you hit your sister and that's 100% wrong so let's talk about that thing you know and bringing it to what the actual problem is rather than using these giant like sweeping oh, terms yeah. It's always this. it's, never it's a great different.
0: distinction to make so oh just, so good yeah
2: it's it's just a way to get people to like oh oh you know what it's not everything it's just this thing it's I can just get better, this better at this now. thing. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not right. me forever. In... Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. For certain. Yes. <sighs>
1: That's interesting. I've, I've, I've actually uh, a couple times in conversation when people were flipping out over things kind of like that said, you know, what is the worst possible scenario? Right. Uh, like, like tell me, how this ends as, as as worried as you are, what is the worst possible thing that could happen? Well, you'd have to fire this many people and you'd still probably be fine. Or, well, you'd have to, you know, whatever it is. And it's, it's kind of interesting that even just walking down that path a little bit, which is a little adjacent to what mm-hmm. you're saying, but. Uh,
2: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think getting people to, to just recontextualize. Right. Very much helps that like, Oh yeah, no, this, 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 accurately does suck right now, but this is not everything. And it's not going to always, and, and trying to like, you know, time box it or or limit it to to a a thing that you can wrap your arms around so that it doesn't feel like it's everything. That's very helpful too, because yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, like just in general. And, you know, let's reduce it down to what we need to worry about right this second. We'll figure all the other stuff out later. Yeah. It's It's surprising how many people don't aren't able
0: to do that for themselves in a work context.
2: Oh, uh, I mean, I would say that you know, I, I tried. I go, I go out and I lecture, um, you know, uh, a lot of women in technology or whatever about things like imposter syndrome, and I'm unable to fight it myself. So, like, there's plenty of like, here's this really remarkable perspective that you should have, but oh, I don't, I don't necessarily have it always myself. Like, I, I've been getting better about doing the things that uh-huh. I'm saying too, which is. Oh, uh, is a great is a great personal growth a practice for me it's as
0: well. Not a like, thing that you just get and it stays, you know. <laughs> exactly.
2: That's exactly right. That's exactly do,
1: right. Do the things that I say, not the things that I do. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, and that's
2: like ninety-eight percent of parenting. I feel like, so I'm really good at that. Just, um, like,
1: except, except when you're, you know, screaming, cursing at somebody because you're <laughs> angry about something, and then you turn back to your kids, do as I do, not as I say. <laughs> don't,
2: uh, don't, do don't do that part <laughs> at yeah, I'm not. I've never been um, a yeller. Like, I don't tend to get exercised over my, many things, too. So, like that. That's uh, a Thankfully, um, also I have very chill uh, <laughs> children, so I'm they're going to be great managers well too.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, so Lisa, before we wrap up here, you, you said uh, you row. Mm-hmm. What are the other things that you do in your in your non working time? What are what are the hobbies in your personal life?
2: Uh, so we have uh, we just moved into a new house, and they left behind a giant projection system. So we play uh larger than life oh, Wii sweet. games uh primarily guitar hero and mario kart. Um, oh
1: that's huge. Why did they leave that they, behind?
2: I because it was mounted. They I mean oh. I get they didn't take it down before they started showing the house so it conveyed and I was like okay I had to throw a bunch of money to make it all work together. Um but it it it's been a lot of fun so that's been fun. Um I like to cook. Uh I like to throw a party and cook something I've never made before. Uh, that's, Dangerous. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Do you uh, demo I mean, just,
1: without testing before you demo?
2: Uh, no, I just go for it. Yeah, it's they, totally they, a librarian. They, they, rarely, they, rarely know, <laughs> they, they rarely know that it's something I've never made before, and I haven't had any oh, real- I was, like, was going to ask, misses. has there
0: ever been like a catastrophe? Because I've certainly had that happen. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, but I also, I don't, I tend to not, like I'm not breaking out real high level fancy stuff either. I tend to stick to, you know, like things that are at least adjacent it's to stuff I've kind made of before, lasagna. but I'm also like, oh Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, but I mean, like we, we, um, we found a recipe for like uh PF Chang, like uh-huh. lettuce wraps. And it was just a lot of steps. And I was like, sure, why not? We'll do that. Let's have a bunch of people over and do mm-hmm. it. It seems fun. So I do don't want to brag,
1: but, uh, I have messed up hot dogs. So it doesn't need to be complicated if you have the skills that I have to for everything to go terribly wrong. Um, <laughs> wait, so how were the PF Chang wraps? Were they delicious?
2: they were really solid like I feel like I don't go to P.F. Chang's anymore Um, it was super fun yeah yeah and it was like everybody had a had a role to play too which was fun Um, it was a little hand interactive dinner I got to we all got to do a little bit yeah yeah and it keeps people together you know that's my children like fondue Mm -hmm. for the same reason y'all have to sit there together
0: (laughs) yeah I like that too hot pot that kind of thing for sure
2: absolutely uh, cool yeah, we absolutely. are
0: coming up to the end of our time i'm afraid but um i want to make sure that people can get in touch with you uh and follow up on anything they want to follow up on uh where can people find you on the internet
2: i am uh at lisa d smith d like dog on twitter and on linkedin i am uh smith cool. Which is a uh, throwback to my old uh, private <laughs> company. <laughs> we will uh, we will
0: put those in the show notes. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. It was
2: super interesting to hear about your path. Yeah,
0: thank you so sense. much for
2: having me. It's been a great time. I enjoyed it.